everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Materializing Mindset Podcast with me, your host, Michael Help. Hey, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, welcome to the journey. Uh, today's a Thursday Thoughts edition, so it'll just be me dishing out some ideas, some stories, some relatable topics to you, the listener, can take with you on your on your daily reprieve. But again, if, if this is your first time listening, welcome. I'll have a guest on try every week, every other week as, as we get this thing off the ground. But again, guys, this is a journey that we're taking together. I, I'm learning with you guys along the way. I'm, I'm hoping to talk myself into the right solutions that I seek. And uh, yeah, I'm just I'm just here, you know, trying to do better each day, trying to get 1% better each day. And, and you know, if I can, if I can share something to you that you can relate to, and it works for you, uh, I'd appreciate hearing from you. I'd appreciate, uh, you know, leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or a rating on Spotify, wherever you listen. Uh, liking us on Facebook. We're on Facebook at the Materializing Mindset Podcast. You can just copy and paste that thing into Facebook and search it up. Give us a like. Uh, you know, be giving some updates about the show there. And, and for those of you that have listened, you know, if, if you've listened a couple times or you got something out of it, leave a review. Reach out to me personally, directly, either way, whatever you feel most comfortable with. I'd appreciate any feedback you've got. Uh, you know, on today's episode, we're going to be talking a little bit about a, a few different topics, but they're all really intertwined. You know, it's going to be talking about creating a purpose and, and where that begins and how to how to how to know how to create a purpose. Right. Because that was one thing that I struggled with and still struggle with daily. You know, that's why I wanted to talk about it, because a lot of times just speaking it out of the ethos, a holds me accountable and B allows me to talk myself into the right way of thinking. Guys, I appreciate again you guys coming in and, and giving this a listen. Thank you guys so much for joining and I hope you enjoy your time spent here on the Materializing Mindset Podcast. Enjoy the show. You know, so really the, the thing I want to start with is the St. Francis prayer. And if you're not familiar with the St. Francis prayer, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but basically it basically says, where there is error, let me bring truth. Where there is doubt, let me bring faith. Where there is despair, let me bring hope. Let me not seek as much to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that one receives. It is in self-forgetting that one finds. It is in pardoning that one is pardoned. It is in dying that one is raised to eternal life. Now, I want to I really just talk about the idea of providing something that you have not yet received or something you might not even think that you have, right? And, and, and I take it back to this realization of myself. You know, I had this self-doubt kind of creeping in where, you know, uh, what am I doing? I, you know, I don't have anything to offer, but here's the thing. That's the beauty of this mother hecka, Right is that I'm admitting to you guys that I'm trying to grow. I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to be a better version of myself. Now I have done, and that's not to say I have nothing to bring because I do. I've got a lot of experience. I've got a lot of empathy. I've got the ability to self-actualize and, and you know, I, I'm a great problem solver. And there's a lot of great qualities about me that, that I thoroughly enjoy, but there's a lot of areas that I really want to improve on. And so this week I realized that I don't need to receive all of these things I need to give. It is in self-forgetting that one finds. I really want to take that line and just dissect it because when it says it is in self-forgetting that one finds. So when I forget about myself, when I realize that it's not about me, then I find. What do you find? Whatever it is you were looking for. What were you looking for? I don't know. That's not for you to figure out. And that kind of leads me into my next point is that a sense of purpose is created. It's not found. So when I say you find out, basically what I'm saying is that you're creating purpose. Right. I remember 
talking with a good friend of mine, old Billy Weldon, years ago. He he led me in on this video of this, uh, you know, this this I can't remember exactly, and I tried to find it, but I couldn't. It's a, a video where this gentleman basically goes around and interviews people and gauges their happiness. You know, and and of course, in America and in Western society, we link up how happy someone is with how much money they have, right? Not a sense of purpose, not a sense of 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 fulfillment, but how many dollars do they have in the account? So of course, naturally. This guy goes to the two people that were most prominent on the show was a cook at Waffle House and a high ranking official within a corporate entity, right? Like a VP or a C-level uh, member of a corporation. Uh, one gentleman made seven figures a year. That's millions of dollars. Had anything he could ever want. And the other gentleman made about 12 to $13 an hour. And within about the first 12 seconds of seeing both of them, it was very easy to tell who had a more fulfilling life. And it wasn't because you, you think that guy walked into Waffle House and applied for a cook job and then found it sitting on the griddle. You think he picked up a rectangular spatula, started flipping hamburgers, and all of a sudden on the other side was written out in the all beef patty what his purpose was. He didn't find it. He created it. He created purpose through through being prideful of his work. And being proud to put his name on something. They, you know, they asked him what, what makes you so happy here? And he just opened his arms. And went side to side. So you see all these people, man, I'm feeding all these people. All these people are eating, having a good time, spending time with their family over a plate of food that I made. And that's that's all they needed. That is a life worth living. And that's something to be proud of. Probably Montgomery Gentry fans out there. Guys, and then they're asking this V-level guy, and he's he's rubbing the back of his neck and shaking his head side to side and massaging the bridge of his nose, wondering where the hell he went wrong, thinking this was the way. And so this whole idea of seeking to be seeking to understand rather than to be understood, to love rather than to be loved, right? That whole idea is in the idea of dissolving the ego and living for something other than yourself. And that, to me, is where a sense of purpose is truly created. The real joy that he found wasn't necessarily in the food that he cooked. It was in seeing the people who enjoyed the food that he cooked. It was in the feeling that he was able to invoke. It was in you know, the, the good times, the, the, the coffee being poured, the sweet tea being drunk, the eggs being fried, the bread being toasted, and the BLTs being cut in half to form two beautiful triangles on a nice white china plate. Pack of mayo, couple of pickles, right? I used to work at Waffle House. So I know what comes on the plate. But anyway, that's a story for another time. And so, you know, basically what I'm getting at here, guys, is self-actualization, understanding who you are is kind of the key to finding that purpose and creating that purpose. You know, I keep, I keep saying find that purpose because it's so ingrained in me to find your purpose. You know, it's so it's been so ingrained in all of us. And that's just, that's just my idea. That's my idea about what purpose is. You can disagree. You can agree. It doesn't matter. But if you do agree, I would love it if you'd leave a review and a, and a comment and share it with your friends. Do whatever you need to do to get the word out. That would be much beneficial. But, guys, I battled with this so often because I go through these. And, and it's not just a straight upward trajectory of purpose. It's not just, oh, created my purpose. Now I know where I'm headed. You know, And, and, and that is the case on a, on a grand scale. right? Like My purpose is to connect with people. That's where I really feel that my greatest strength is in connecting with people and getting to know them and, and you know understanding where they came from, where they're going and how they're going to get there and being a positive influence on people because I'm a positive person. You know, and I've been told that, that those are my gifts and I believe that to be true. And the fact that I believe it is what makes it true. And that's the, I keep saying that's the beauty of the human experience because it is. We create our own destiny. We create our own purpose. We create everything that's in our lives as a reflection of our own choices, attitudes, decisions, thoughts, 
well, I don't know about thoughts and, and I don't want to go on a rabbit hole here, but you know, we don't really create our own thoughts. We observe our thoughts and then decide which ones to believe. But that that's that's a that's a topic for someone who knows way more about that type of mental psychiatry. I don't even know what I don't even know what subject that is, but it's too much for me to try to grasp. Um, that type of little sidebar right there, that leads me into a next idea of like embracing your weirdness. Sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes our individuality is lost in hanging out with others. That sometimes when you're around people who aren't necessarily aligned with your purpose and you haven't necessarily found that out just yet, or it's not clearly evident, right? And there's that there's that neutral place that's really dangerous to be. I was watching this video the other day and I, and I want to try to regurgitate it. And I really wish I could give this person credit, but I can't think about it. I think it was a short, so I can't necessarily think of it. But it was this idea that being in that neutral zone where it's just not bad enough to leave and it's just good enough sometimes to stay. That's a dangerous place to be. That's complacency, right? And basically what this gentleman was saying is that in those situations, things going a little bit good are worse than things going horribly wrong. Because if things go horribly wrong, there's enough bad things that have occurred that allows you to get out of that situation or that relationship or that place or that environment that you shouldn't have been in the first place. But if things are just barely on the fringe. But anyway, the people that you hang around can sometimes make you lose your individuality. And so you have to have alone time to get to know yourself. You got to journal. You got to meditate. Well, I, let me stop. You don't have to do anything. For me and myself, I have to journal. I have to meditate. I have to read and then think about what I just read. Talk about it out loud with somebody. See what they think and then go from there. That's not to say you shouldn't have any friends. You should never hang out with people. I'm not saying that. I'd drive myself insane if I did that. What I'm saying is that there has to be deliberate time spent alone. You have to have, I have to have, I got to stop doing that too. Jeez, Michael. I'm not talking at you guys. I'm trying to, I'm saying this so I can listen back to it and hold myself accountable. So that's where I'm at. This is me talking to future me when I say you. So let's just clear that up because I don't want y'all to feel like I'm talking at you. This is just my advice given to myself. And if you'd like to take some of it, yeah, go ahead. It's free. But uh, no, and, and what I'm saying is I got to have that alone time to get to know myself. And luckily I had that. A lot of different things that have forced me to get to know myself, that have forced me to look at why did this happen? Why did that happen? And luckily enough for me, all the super bad stuff happened really early on. So it so it led me to to create a life of purpose and understand like what's the purpose, right? It's like people saw the way I worked on the beach. Most people that I talk to who do beach service, you know, it's a very select few who actually care. Most people, all they have to say is negative things about the customer, negative things about their coworkers, negative things about their employees, negative things about the sand, about the air, about the salt, about the water, about the clouds, about the sun, about the wind, about the rain. When does it end? You know, those, those are the type of people you got to avoid like the plague. And that's what I mean by your individuality gets lost because here's the thing. Our, and, and I'm not calling anybody out here. If, if we did a lifeguard course together, I'm not, I'm not calling you out, but, uh, I can remember when I used to do the lifeguard course, when I worked beach service, that's when, you know, you're with, you're with eight, 10, 12 other guys and girls who are from other beach services up and down the coast. And, you know, cause usually there's just one class in the springtime in this general area between Oakland and Walton County. I can remember just anytime we'd get together, it was people, oh yeah, this lady thought she'd get over on me, but I snatched that thing out of her hand or this guy thought he was going to do this. I went up to him, ruined his day. <laughs> I'm like, oh my goodness, bro. Like I got to stay away from y'all. I can't talk to y'all. Cause that ain't how I'm feeling at all. 
I mean, and that's not, and I'm not bragging. I'm just saying that's how much I cared that that rubbed off on people and they felt that purposefulness come through and how I acted. So I, I, I had to step away when I was still on top and still feeling good about it. And, and, you know, it's that old idea that not allowing the opinions and actions of others to impact how I move. And that will change my day to day drastically. You know, I've got to be sure and secure of myself because, because the thing is, if I face those situations with disdain and contempt and wonder, oh my goodness, what is this person doing? Oh, don't they know who I am? Right. It's like Q-tip. I heard that from uh, uh, Jill McNamara, you know, my ninth grade English teacher who I've, who I've been able, who have been lucky enough to re-spark a, a relationship with her and, and her husband, Ty. And, and, you know, she's telling me one day, Q-tip, clean out that negativity in your ears with a Q-tip. Quit taking it personal. I've got to separate myself from whatever the hell everybody else has got going on because if, and, and it goes back to knowing myself, being secure of myself, because if I am, I act with intention, with morals, with ethics, with integrity, that I know that I can look at, at the basis in which I perform the action and assess it objectively and say, you know what? I didn't do anything wrong here. And in that same breath, I can see where I acted in anger or where I acted in, in vain or in jealousy, or in envy. And the hardest part about realizing that is now you have a moral obligation to fix it. Michael, again, I'm talking to myself. So Michael, when you hear this, just remember that. But again, it's, you know, it's, there's, there's been times where I've, I've, I've had guys at work for me where, where I've had to call them up and be like, look, man, I feel like I handled this the wrong way. And I apologize for what I said to you, man. What do I need to do to make this right? Because it's happened. I've messed up. I've, I've hurt people's feelings. I've been distasteful and how I presented information. And, and I did it in a way where I was only trying to convey my anger and rage at the situation. And I've had to come back and apologize and say, man, I spoke from a place that wasn't that I usually come from. And I apologize for that. And for me to be able to do that today is, is it's one of the most relieving things that you can ever do in life. And it's so hard to do initially. It's one of those things, you know, it's like jumping into a cold plunge or doing a workout or anything else. Taking that first step is the hardest part about doing it. And then once you do it once or twice or thrice, it becomes so easy and it's just second nature. And then you find yourself not having to apologize as much because you are acting from a place of intention, you know, and, and there's a thin line between not taking it personal and never gaining the insight to change in a way that's congruent with where you want to be or where you're meant to be. So if I'm always saying, oh, I'm not going to take it personal. You know, but someone's like, hey, Mike, you're kind of being a jerk. But no, I'm not going to take that personal. Hey, Mike, uh, you should probably change the way you're talking. Oh, no, I'm not, not going to take that personal. Yeah, I have to understand there's a thin line between that and, and the ability to recognize when I can gain true insights from people and when they're just hating or when they're just trying to bring me down is, is one of the hardest things to differentiate. You know, and that's why I say you have to be secure and sure of yourself because if not, I, I won't be able to objectively define when I acted in the wrong and when I acted in the right. You know, and, and for me, I always try and see the positive light. I don't see a reason to complain. My legs are working. My arms are working. I can see with my eyes, hear with my ears, smell with my nose, taste with my mouth, walk with my legs, throw with my arm, speak with my voice. Come on, what, bro? There's people who have less senses than that who still wake up with a smile. And I got all those things and I'm finding a reason to get upset. Traffic. Oh, that person cut me off. Oh, that person uh, in Walmart should have let me go in front of them because I only had two items and they had a cart full of stuff, but I didn't say anything to them because, uh, well, they should have just known that because they know who I am and they're not. And, 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 and 
I have to stop. Expectations are down payments on resentments. If I go everywhere with expectations, if I wake up in the morning and tell myself, you know what? I'm not going to face any traffic today. There's not going to be a single car in front of me. I'm going to catch every green light and I'm going to get where I need to be in 27 minutes. What happens when I get there in 30? Oh my God. In that extra three minutes, they paid this song on the radio that I absolutely hate. And my head unit's not working, so I couldn't listen to my own music. And my and, and my AC stopped working, so I was sweating. And, 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 and somebody cut me off. And then and then I got out of the car, and I slammed my door. And my, and, and, oh, my gosh. I can't be around those people, dude. I don't ever want to talk to you again. Like, I'm not even kidding. Like, if, if, if there's people like that that are in my life, I try to, like, highlight. Like, hey, man, it's not that bad. I, you know, I don't think it's that big a deal, right? And there's a difference between venting and complaining, Right? I mean, sometimes you got to get something off your chest. I mean, if you're going through something or something really bothered you, you can't keep that bottled up. But you talk about it once, it's venting. You talk about it twice, it's complaining. That's my rule of thumb. If something really bothers me at work, I'll talk to Alicia about it. If somebody, you know, ticked me off or did something I didn't like or, or you know, I'll talk about it. You can't do anything about it. Oh my God, you're right. Okay. You know, and, and that's where it's important, again, to have that thin line of objectivity to understand where someone, where someone else is acting from. It's that old thing of like, don't kill the messenger, right? Because if it's if it's a good message and you're getting something out of it and it and it proves useful, use it, you know. And it's like some people live their lives from one complaint to the next. I got to avoid them like the plague, and I recommend you do too. And if they're a friend of yours, sorry, but it might be time to cut ties because that person is going to drain you, sucking the life force out of you just to round somebody who just is always upset with life and they have control over it. Like that's the thing I have to realize is like if I'm complaining constantly about stuff, well, I, I need to pause and say, whoa, what, what, what am I doing? Uh, you know, I got to realize that I have the control and the strength to A, change my situation. Are you ready for this next part? B, change my perception of the situation. I have a little truth bomb for you. Because my perception is reality. And so if I'm if I'm coming from a place where I'm always seeking to be understood, you need to understand me. You need to love me. You need to comfort me. You need to be there for me. What about me, 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 me? Let it go. I also said it best, right? I've got to let go of my ego. I've got to let go of uh, it's in self-forgetting that one finds. I love that line. You are not your personality. You are you. We, we define ourselves. I, I, I can't stand... When either I say this or I hear it, oh, that's just how I am. That's just that's just how I am. Yeah, yeah, you're damn right. That's exactly that's exactly how you are. You know, I used to say that when it came to like being distracted. You know, I've I've realized, especially as of late, that I've got extreme ADHD. And and you know, I've always been told that my whole life, but I'm really starting to see it come to fruition when I've you know I recently uh, got promoted at work into a different segment, and I, it's taking a lot more focus. It's it's taking a lot more uh, mental capacity and energy, and it's just it's been really difficult for me, you know. But but as I've you know, I'm trying to work out more. I'm trying to stay focused. I'm trying to read because because you can train that. I, I I'm looking up Andrew Huberman on on how to focus more. I'm listening to his two hour you know monologue podcast on research backed data that supports how to have a better time with ADHD. You know, so it's like I can sit here and just say, well, that's just how I am. And never get anywhere, never get where I'm meant to be and die on my deathbed because that's just who I am. And at that point, that is truly who I am, a dead man. And I've been living that way for the past X amount of years that I initially put that title on myself 
oh, that's just who I am. Because again, it's the truth. I used to joke with guys all the time back, you know, back, back in the day when, when, you know, guys would say things like, oh, I mean, I can't, I can't do that. Or, oh no, I won't be able to do that. And I'm like, yep, that, with that attitude, you are exactly right. You know, and guys would kind of roll their eyes or whatever. It is kind of like a, you know, friendly joke. It's the truth though. I mean, it really is with that attitude. You know, if I tell myself that, Oh, I, I'm not going to be able to make a monologue podcast. I, I'm not going to be able to interview people. I, I'm not going to, or I can figure out how to do it. I can watch more podcasts. I can look up what questions to ask, how to have a conversation with somebody for an hour that's that doesn't trail off and go down rabbit holes, right? Because that's where my mind goes. Like I've got to stay focused, and I realize that that's a muscle that I can stretch and I can and I can strengthen. It's not something that I just identify as, and you know, it's it's that old adage that that. I am what I consume. I am I am my day a reflection of my daily habits, right? So if my daily habits include constantly watching twelve second videos of and I never know what's next, right? And that's the whole thing with the algorithm is that you never really know what's next. It's going to be a something similar, but like you don't really know. So it, it, the brain loves there's there's two things the brain loves simultaneously. That is something that's nostalgic, something that you remember that you're familiar with. And something that's kind of new, but still familiar. And that's what the algorithm is on social media. And it just feeds us that. It feeds me that. Now, granted, most, uh, most of mine is just like sports clips and, and you know mindset videos. So it's not like the worst content to watch. But still, watching those fragmented videos over and over and over and over and over again, that's not strengthening my focus muscle. It might be strengthening some of my insights and some of my, my you know, material that I can educate myself with. But it's not strengthening my focus. And right now, that's what I got to really, really lean into is strengthening my focus. That's a part of my life that that I've always been distracted. And it's really hindered me in a lot of ways, you know, but now I understand how I need to strengthen my focus and how I need to live up to that purpose that I know that I can obtain. Right. But it takes work. And that and, and again, you know, you go back to to an observance and then and then once you be once you obtain an observance and an objective truth about a situation or an idea or, or, or an action that needs to be taken, you now have a moral obligation to take that action, to pursue that mindset, to create that reality for yourself. You know, and that's where I'm at. You know, I've realized that I, there's things I need to work on, things I need to do. And that's, and hey, this is what I'm doing right now. Right. And so, uh, you know, that, and, and it all goes back to me seeking not to be understood, but to understand, to love rather than be loved. Because that to me is is really where I can exacerbate that purpose because I allow my mind to think more freely when I'm not always caught up in why everybody's doing this to me or why don't they understand me? Why don't they da da da? But it's crazy how much more I get and receive the more and more I give. And I'm not even talking about money because I, I don't have much of that to give right now. I'll be honest with you. You know, I've got a wife who's a full-time mother and I've got a child. So it's not like I'm I'm just throwing out money, but I've got I can send an uplifting message. I can share something on Facebook. I can reach out to somebody. I can I can, you know, offer somebody a a little bit of of insight into how I got through something they might be struggling with and and what they might be able to do to turn it around. Right. And and in living through that and finding that purpose, I, I seek to not complain. I seek to not be a hindrance to other people. I seek to not be a negative influencer on other people. I seek to not be anything other than what I define my purpose as, which is being a positive influence on other people that I can connect with and help solve problems, right? It's even in my job at BirdEye, 
you know, I, I find purpose in that because what we're able to do is really streamline a lot of different processes. And I'm not sitting here trying to sell you bird eye. Trust me. Really, what the tool that we're providing and the software that we're providing is backed. It's it's solid. There's no bugs. There's no crashes. There's no lag time. There's no faulty integrations that that you know they sync up with one side of your CRM, but not the you know. And I'm getting into the weeds here. But what I'm saying is, I feel good about the product. It really does help people in their business, and it really does allow the true story of a business to be told to the masses. And so I can feel good and I can feel purpose driven when I when I'm calling on people and when I'm talking to people, and that comes through. I'm not going to choose to have this negative mindset about it or choose to think ill of anything that I'm doing. Because here's the thing. Once I start to do that, again, goes back to the observation. If I'm constantly telling myself I'm in a bad position, I'm in a bad place, I shouldn't be here, I need to be somewhere else, and I stay in that same place, oh my goodness, that ain't good. That ain't good at all. If you found out that you were gravely ill, would you just keep telling people that you're ill and you don't know what to, you know, no, you, you go seek help. You go, you go find out how to get through it. You know, you, you, and the same is true with the mindset, with the situation, with a job, with a career, with a relationship, with a person, that's how you can find that purpose. Because what I've realized is like, if I don't seek that change and seek that purpose and create that purpose. And then when I realize it's on to the next or, or you know what? This environment suited me for X amount of time, but now it's time to go on to something else where I can, where I can expand my energy into other suits, right? Or, or other, other pursuits, not suits. Although I do look good in some tweed. You know, it's, it's like the old, if I want to build the frame, I've got to have the tools. You know, I can't, I can't walk onto a job site with a tool belt filled with rusty, bent, used nails and a, and a, and a 16 ounce hammer trying to drive through two by fours. You know, it's, and I'm not a builder, as you can tell by the way that I paused in between listing off equipment, but that's not going to get me far. It's like I've got to have the right tools in place so I can build the frame. But if I don't come with the tools, it's going to either A, take me an incredible amount of time to do it, or B, I'm going to get disheartened on the way because I'm not really using the right tools to build the right things and it's not turning out the way it should. And so everything is lost and... I count it as a failure and then don't attempt it again. You know, it's like, it's like when I, when I first started trying to, to paddle surf well, on a stand up paddle board, you know, I learned on a YOLO hammerhead and, and, a, and an adjustable YOLO paddle, which thankfully my, my previous employer was, was very understanding. I, I, I don't know how many paddles I snapped, how many, how many rental paddles I snapped trying to get in on a wave. I had no business trying to drop in on, but, um, you know, I learned on a, on a board that, for those of you that don't know, it's not made for surfing. It's made for floating. That's it. It's super buoyant. It's super wide. It's super thick. It's not made for making turns on a wave or dropping into a wave. But that's what I, I forced myself to learn on it. And and I got to a point right where you know I wasn't just gliding on a wave anymore. Like I had gotten the idea of actually riding the wave. Now I wanted to learn how to turn up a face and 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 come back down the face of a wave and. But had I gotten disheartened and had I said, oh, well, this ain't going to work. Guess I'm going to quit and never learn how to surf. No, I just had to get the right equipment. And so the same is true whenever I'm facing a situation or any type of adversity. If I go in understanding the correct mindset, I know who I am. I know what I stand for. I have the foundation, right? Because you can lay the foundation, right? You just got to make sure you're on level ground. That's the foundation. Then you start building the framework. So when I have that foundation and I can come in and say, all right, I've got the objectivity to know when I'm in the wrong. 
I've got the assuredness in myself to understand what I stand for so that other people aren't going to sway me. I don't take things personal. So the actions of others is not determined the intrinsic things that I do and how I feel. Now, when I enter into that situation of adversity, I can face it head on. Is that to say that it eliminates fear? Of course not. Courage is not the lack of fear. Courage is the leaning into fear. Guys, that, that's that's kind of where I want to leave you today. So, you know, I appreciate you guys listening in. I really do. If you've made it this far, uh, I would love it if you would leave a review. I, I saw a few reviews. I hadn't checked them, but I saw a few that people had wrote. Man, that just means the world to me. So, you know, Nick, Pete, Isaiah, Carson, Trent, thank you all for, for taking the time and putting a review up there. That means a lot. And to all the other folks that have reached out to me individually, uh, uh, thank you guys so much. Um, you know, if you could leave a review on Apple Podcasts, that would help me out a lot. It'd let me know that, that I'm on the right course. Uh, so feel free to, to tell your friends about this. If you got something out of this episode, share it with a friend. Tell them about it. Let them know. And guys, I thank you so much again for joining me here on the Materializing Mindset Podcast. Thank you.